Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time to talk all things dirty birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios and Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Uh, Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi host the First and Pod podcast. Uh, NFL coverage every week. New episodes drop on Monday and Friday. Free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast from. This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. We'll hear from the head coach in a few minutes here as he joined Dukes and Bell earlier today. Uh, we got the list of the 129 nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in my hometown of Canton, Ohio. Several former Falcons on this list. So, on the offensive side of the football, Warwick Dunn, Steven Jackson, Eric Metcalf, uh, Devin Hester, Joe Horn, Andre Risen, Roddy White. Now, out of that group, Hester should be a Hall of Famer. Okay? Dunn, eh. Steven Jackson, no. Eric Metcalf, no. Joe Horn, no. Andre Risen and Roddy White, probably not, no. But, you know, those guys aren't so far away. I mean, unlike Eric Metcalf or something like that, but I don't think they're Hall of Famers. Uh, defensively, guys who played for the Falcons, John Abraham, very borderline. I mean, he's a borderline Hall of Fame player. Dwight Freeney, I think Dwight Freeney is going to go go in. He played with the Colts when they were successful, won a Super Bowl, was with Manning and Dungy and all those guys. There is something to that. Look, there's a reason why all those guys for the Steelers are in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Lynn Swan and Bre- and, uh, and uh, John Stallworth should be Hall of Famers. You know, I, they got in the Hall of Fame before Drew Pearson. And Drew Pearson was first team all decade. And he played for the Cowboys. Allen Rossum, nah. Asante Samuel, nah. Jason Elam, nah. So, I think Dwight Freeney's the best case. Abraham, probably the second best case. Well, Devin Hester. I'll, I'll put Devin Hester and Dwight Freeney as two guys who should be in the Hall of Fame that are former Falcons out there. But there's 12 guys who played for the Falcons that are 
on the list of uh, potential Hall of Famers out of the 129. All right, Pro Football Focus has their best bets of the week, and they talk about true score ratings. Now, I don't know what the hell true score is, okay? That's like way above my pay grade and things like that. But they say that based upon true score ratings, which uh, it helps them evaluate if an offense is under or overvalued, okay? That's the net result is, does it look at an offense as being undervalued or overvalued? They say right now the best bet with Falcons and Seahawks is to take the under 42 points. And they say that the Falcons offense has overperformed. Falcons have averaged 26.5 points per game, but their true score average has been 24 points per game, meaning their underlying metrics aren't as high on them as the results have been. Uh, And then they, you know, because they talk about seven points off the block punt and stuff like that. And then they talk about Seattle's offense, that they're one of the five worst offenses in the league. 11.8 points per game is what their true true score average is. So if you factor that in, you know, and look, let's face it, I don't expect a whole ton of scoring in this game, but that sounds like a pretty good play. If I'm betting Falcons and Seahawks this weekend, I'll take the O under if it's 42 and a half. And that's what the line is currently at bet MGM out there. So for all of the uh, degenerates and everything else, without listening to some Odyssey podcast, you can use that with pro football focus uh, had to say uh, about uh, all of it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get. Oh, by the way, did you see who the Rams signed today? No, who? Tack McKinley. <laughs> oh man, they're about a week too late on that. I mean, he could have maybe gave them some insight. Yeah. Well, they're they're about three years too late. But anyway, um, and he's about three years too late of being a viable NFL football player. But anyway, all right. Uh, the head coach Arthur Smith on with Dukes and Bell. Earlier today, had his weekly conversation with them. Uh, here's Arthur talking about Cordero Patterson's playmaking and his ability and his workload. He is also electric outside the numbers. I mean, he's made big plays. Obviously, we don't, we don't beat New Orleans last year down in the, uh, whatever they're calling it now, the, the Little Caesars Palace. If, um, you know, he comes outside of the receiver and makes an enormous play. So uh, he's a weapon for us, and we'll continue to call his number in different ways. But there's also, and we like what Tyler Algier can bring, and we can get a good mix there. Uh, CP is going to touch the football for us. It, it may change week to week, but it, that's very intentional. Just like Kyle and now the way Drake's coming on, I mean, all our guys. Alameda Zacchaeus has had a good start to the season. So there's a lot of positives. Obviously, we know we're a couple plays short here, and we're not going to celebrate moral victories. And the perspective, we got a 15-game season, and we need to get this first one. Well, I'll say they didn't like Tyler Algier enough to play him in week one. I know they like what he can do, but it wasn't enough to play him in, in week one. But anyway, look, I like Tyler Algier. I think he's going to get an increased workload. I think you have to uh, – You're st- look, I understand the season won't be evaluated by wins and losses, but they are trying to win football games. And you're trying to keep Patterson healthy enough to help you try to win some football games. I think that 10 to 12 carry mark for Algier is going to be pretty consistent moving forward here. I think we're going to get that pretty consistent out of him. Here's Arthur talking about uh, how we can help Marcus Mo- Mariota schematically. Yeah, I mean, that was a, and that's the job. I mean, I, you know, you're, you're a quarterback, and or whether you're a defensive back, you can have 90% of your plays be very effective, but, you know, that's why they, those guys get paid what they do, and people are going to focus on the ones that, you know, you, they show up, right, the Ramsey play or, or to you're talking about. But there's a lot of really good plays, the reason we're in the game. You know, the fourth and one, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody pull a matrix like that where he slipped and uh, – 
still converted it. Uh, both throws he threw to Hodge were, were big-time throws. Uh, the one he fit in a tight window to Drake. So, again, perspective. I understand the, the few plays that are, that are going to be magnified. And uh, it's no different than the DB. You know, A.J. Terrell, he's been playing solid football. You know, you get into some of those one-on-one coverages and – I got all the faith in the world in him. So that's kind of how we look at it. Obviously, we need to improve uh, our ball security and making sure we're really good situationally because we got a tough environment we're playing in Seattle, and they use that to their advantage. Well, what it is is simplifying it for Marcus Mariota, okay? I don't get the sense that if Marcus Mariota has to drop back and read the field and go through progressions and all that, that that's where his strength is. Like the London touchdown, drop back, one read, throw. And if that's how you can keep it, I know that's not easy in the NFL, but if you can keep more of that going for Marcus Mariota, then he's got a better chance of success. But if he's got to stand in the pocket, survey the field, go through progressions, that's not what he is. He didn't do that in college. He's not done much of that in the pros. That's why he's on his third team in seven years. But keep it simple, right? The kiss theory. Keep it simple, stupid. All right, here's uh, Arthur talking about his decision-making on fourth down. Well, you try not to be, like, emotional. There's momentum that goes into every game. But those are things that, you know, you take into account, you know, everything. But you try not to be emotional about it. I mean, they're completely different situations. I mean, the thing that bothers me the most in the Saints game is we had the exact look we wanted on third and one. And, obviously, we botched the, you know, the, the operation there. But... I mean, there's there's a lot of strategy goes into it. You know, there's going to be 11 and up in that four minutes, and we, you know, I still like the call. We'll never see how it would have turned out because we didn't even get the play started. But then you get in a situation where you got no timeouts and you pin them deep. Obviously, we weren't anticipating giving them an extra 10 yards, and they took one play on a chunk. And so those are the things. They're different, completely different situations. One's early in the game, one's late. Obviously, neither one worked out for us. But uh, you don't want to let emotion, uh, you know, cloud your judgment. That's probably the best way to look. Um... I don't know that there's any perfect way. Some coaches are more – right? Everybody makes fun of San Diego's head coach because they go for it all the time on fourth down and this, that, and the other. Does he have to get better? Sure. He's got plenty of other things he's got to work on as well. All right, here's the big one. Here's Arthur Smith talking about Kyle Pitts and his targets. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a terrific player. And those are valid questions because, obviously, he's had a lot of success for us you know, last year. So – those are valid questions, and, and, but the truth of the matter is he has been targeted a lot. doesn't necessarily, you know, that was when you're trying to give context. It's like you try to force something in a bad look. Well, that's not very, you know, smart on our part. It's probably opened up a lot of things for Drake. And then, you know, like I, I was trying to give the example on, on one of those critical drives late where you call a play for him, they kind of funnel him in, and, well, here comes Cadero Hodge wide open. So, you know, Marcus is going to make the right decision there. If you try to force him to Kyle, then probably going to be incomplete or, or, or worse. Now, having said that as well, there's other things we can do, and we will. We'll continue to evolve. I mean, just because you're the primary 13 times, it, you know, obviously he hasn't gotten the touch. And that's um, and that's my job is to continue to evolve and also understanding there's also a game plan. There's certain things we were trying to control at the Saints front, and it's give and take there. And that's why I said he had a huge impact on the game. He had the first third down conversion last week against uh, L.A. and uh, the way the game went. Obviously, we can do a better job, starting with me, try to, to use them differently. But he's had enormous impact in two weeks, and it's, it's opened up things for other people. But certainly we're uh, a player too short, and uh, we're sitting at 0-2. But we'll continue to, to push it, and I'll do a better job making sure I move him around more. Well, again, I'll say it's the red zone. You know, I, I don't have a problem with the targets and this, that, and the other, and I get some of that, Okay. You can't not target him in the red zone. I don't want any excuses about that, okay? Every top flight pass catcher is double teamed and everything in the red zone, okay? 
that there's nothing unique or unicornish about Kyle Pitts from that perspective. You have to get the ball to him. They are not going to change their red zone success until he gets involved. Remember when the Braves were struggling and and then they got on that 14-game winning streak? And what did I tell you? Hitting with runners in scoring position. You won't turn it around and start to win games until they started doing that. Then all of a sudden they had that 14-game winning streak and we gave you all the numbers, right? All of a sudden they're, you know, instead of 220 with runners in scoring position, they're 380. Well, guess what? When you hit 380 with runners in scoring position, you win. Isn't it funny? You want to score touchdowns and be better in the red zone? You got to get your unicorn. Or what did you draft them for? And that's my thing is, look, there are times and places where you don't have a choice. You have to do this. If not, then we should have had Panay Sewell or Micah Parsons instead of Cal Pitts. If you're not going to target them in the red zone, then I'd have rather had Panay Sewell or Micah Parsons because at least those guys will be effective anywhere on the field. All right, let's grab one more here. Here is Arthur talking about turning things around and this being a big game. Absolutely, and then trust me, that's our charge. We understand that, and uh, it's a big game for us, and we're excited that we get uh, an opportunity to go out there Sunday and play. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it's must win, and not because of playoffs or your record or this, any other. You got to keep your fan base engaged. You got to give your players hope. This is a very winnable game. Yeah, week to week in the NFL and this, any other. But Falcons have played part of a good game and part of a and, and part of a good game. Now you need to play a full game. That's good. All right, one more quick one. Um, what he sees when he uh, checks out Seattle. Yeah, they've had a little bit of a transition defensively, uh, schematically. They're still trying to try to hang their hat on the, the environment that Pete's created up here. They're going to play physical, uh, try to get the ball out, and, and try to run the football. And uh, offensively, they got really good skill position players. they got some two good young tackles in there, and they got a lot of good backs. And so they'll try to stay with that recipe. I'm sure we'll see a couple more shots, you know, try to push the ball down the field. But that's kind of their, in their form on offense, be able to run the football and try to hit big plays because their defense has traditionally been very – very physical, very fast. They've kind of moved away from the traditional Seattle cover three, and they've adapted what you see trending around the league a lot of too high. Hmm. It's, you know, quarter, quarter, halves, cover two, or, or halves in the field, and quarters in the boundary. That's trending all around the league right now. They try to make that transition, and you see that. I think their special teams unit pretty damn good. So when Denver came up here, Denver was able to move the football, but like a lot of things, they, they got down in the red zone, and they let the crowd affect it. False starts, delays the game, and, um, and they turned the ball over down on the, on the goal line twice. And that was the difference in that game. And we got to do a good job because that's, you could argue, you know, he had that issue in New Orleans and in LA. And we've got to improve that. But that's what it will come down to Sunday here. Yeah, look, uh, if this team can continue to control the line of scrimmage, they're going to be in every game. Now it's finding a way to make your quarterback or running back or whatever make a play to win you a game. Control the line of scrimmage, you'll be in every game. Now, if our quarterback or whoever can find a way to make a play, now you can win a game from there. All right, when we come back, Chris Willis is going to join us. We'll talk some Braves baseball with him as they took it on the chin earlier today. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Right Now, to the game, the Odyssey.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live on this Wednesday evening with you as it was eh, not the best of days at the ballpark as the uh, the Braves lose this final game to the Nationals. They don't get a chance to sweep. Now it's off to Philadelphia. Uh, obviously, it was getaway day today. They head up there and get ready for a four-game set with the Phillies starting tomorrow. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Chris Willis. He, of course, managing editor for Battery Power SBN. Of course, batterypower.com is where you check out all of his work. And, of course, on Twitter, at Chris underscore Willis. And, you know, Chris, it's amazing. Uh, one thing that has really plagued this franchise over the last handful of years, both in regular season and playoffs, is these base running blunders that they get themselves into. It really is amazing for all the speed and everything that they have, how many base running blunders this franchise has had. Yeah, and it seems like they come in uh, bunches too. You know, you might go you might go for a couple of weeks or three weeks without any, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get two or three in a game, and it's a you know, in a one run loss, it's really frustrating. Chris, I brought up last night the the Matt Olson error in the ninth inning. That's his ninth error this season. That's a single season career high for Matt Olson. And I know he's a minus defensive war, and I, I know it's only like a minus point three, but it's it's certainly not 
what we expected. So it's a career high in errors. It's a minus defensive war. Why have things just not kind of worked defensively for Matt Olson this year when he's been so outstanding, you know, winning multiple gold gloves in his career? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest uh, uh, surprises I think I've had with, uh, you know, watching Matt Olson day in, day out. You know, he came in billed as a, one of the best defensive first basemen in the game, you know, gold glove caliber uh, guy is every season. See, so, um, you know, so it's just been, it's been kind of weird. I don't really have a good answer. Um, you know, I mean, it seems like a lot of them have, you know, you just seen him where uh ball hits off the heel of his glove. Uh, you know, I mean, I see him, I know he's out there going through the same drills that the, the rest of the infielders are going through every single day. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, but it, it, you know, it seems to be happening more frequently now. And I mean, like I said, that that one last night and uh, in the ninth inning obviously could have had serious ramifications. Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline as we talk some Braves baseball. It does say a lot, though, Chris, that you look offensively. I mean, I was running some numbers from the All Star break, running some numbers from August, running some numbers from September. The fact that they haven't gotten a lot out of Riley and Olsen, I was looking since the All-Star break, you know, Olsen's hitting, I think, 201 now, and I think it might be less than that after the 0 for 3 today. Riley's not hit a whole lot. He's had 10 homers, and Olsen's had 11 homers. But considering how little they've gotten out of those guys since the All-Star break, they're 37 and 17 even without those guys really having a lot of production. It really does speak to how deep and how good and just the impact so many different guys have had for this lineup this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, kudos to the, um, you know, the bottom of the order. I mean, they've carried them at, at times in the second half. Um, you know, and, and also it, it kind of speaks to just how good this team could be if they could, you know, if they could get the whole the whole group rolling at the same time. You know, hopefully that's what we're going to see in the postseason. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of remarkable. And I mean, every time it seems like it seems like every loss right now, every close game even is is just magnified. And then when you step back and look at the big picture, I mean, they've got 93 wins. Yeah, they're second in their own division, but you know, they still got one of the best records in baseball. And have been that way, and been one of the best teams in baseball since June first, not just the second half. So, uh, it, you know, it is kind of it is kind of remarkable because I mean, you can you can make a list of, of guys that just haven't lived up to the what we were expecting offensively. So, Chris, let me ask you. Um, there's been you know obviously a lot of talk, and we we've discussed it between shows on the station and stuff like that. There's no doubt that Spencer Strider has as good as stuff, and he's had such a dominant year and. 200 strikeouts in 130 innings and in every metric that you could you could want out there. You think Snitker is willing to start him in game two uh, of any playoff series, whether they win the division or they are in the wild card round? You think that I, I, I got no problem starting Max Freed. He's your ace. That's your number one guy. But it would be hard to not start Strider. And I think the question becomes, it's not what you and I think. It's what will the manager do when it comes to that time? Yeah, um, I mean, I think you and I talked about this uh, a little over a month ago, and I was suggesting, you know, he was probably the odd guy out pitching out of the bullpen. But you know, I think I think he's changed now. I think he's come far enough that um, you know, I, if it was my decision, he'd be starting and he'd start the second game of that series. And I, you know, I think 
uh, I, you know, it'll, it'll come down to what Snooker thinks there. I mean, he's got the good thing about this season is he's got you know four uh, he's got four pretty good options compared to what they've had the last couple of years at times, you know, going into the postseason. But um, you know, I think Strider. I mean, right there. I mean, you could almost make the case that he needs to start game one. You know, if if not for Freed's experience. So, uh, you know, it'll be uh, that's going to be the interesting thing to see. But you know, I think lining him up for this Met series will kind of give us a little bit of, uh, you know, an indication, you know, as long as he's healthy. Chris, let's talk about Ozzy Albies. Obviously, it sucked, you know, breaking his finger and obviously no surgery needed, but he is going to miss the rest of the regular season. Would it surprise you, though, if he doesn't miss maybe the first round of the playoffs just to be able to kind of really get him back and worked in? Or you think there's going to be – you know, and especially with Grissom playing as as well as he has played, I just wonder about whether or not they're going to try to rush him back just to get him, you know, into that first playoff series. I don't know that they'll, you know, I don't know that they would rush him. Um, but, you know, I don't really, haven't really heard the timeline on that thing either. You know, I've heard some people speculate maybe they're just the first round or, you know, even the wild card round, but I don't think they've really said yet, but, uh, you know, I do think they would try to get him back as quick as they can. Now, it'd be interesting to see what his role is. You know, if he's missed this much time, he's not going to get that regular season run up. You know, like he has. Uh, but you know, just having him on, even if he's even if he's splitting time kind of with uh, Grissom or, you know, a guy off the bench, switcher off the bench that can play a good defensive second base. You know, I think that's I think that'd be valuable for him. So. You know, that was just a tough blow. It's a, uh, you, know, you hate to see that, uh, given how hard he worked to get back from the foot, to have that happen in the second game back. I mean, that was just – I thought that was kind of a huge blow to the team because it kind of felt like, you know, they were about ready to take off now that they had him back. Talking some Braves baseball, Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com here on the WaitFor.com hotline as the Braves take it on the chin today, 3-2, to two, head up to Philadelphia, get ready for a four-game set against the Phillies you know this what I'm gonna bring up is first world problems again Chris is they've gotten an outstanding contribution from both of the guys that play catcher this year from Contreras and Darno, and it does bring up something interesting because you know Ronnie now getting back to right field do you feel like that this pretty much guarantees Contreras when we come playoff time is going to be the DH and Darno will pretty much catch most most everything I mean you don't normally swap catchers in a playoff in playoff rounds and stuff like that just as far as splitting time between them so you think that Ronnie getting back really just kind of almost guarantees that that Contreras is going to be your DH through the playoffs yeah I, th- I feel a whole lot better about that than uh, the last time you and I talked about it it was if uh, I think if Cooney's in right field then you know Contreras is probably the the first choice for uh for the DH spot you know Obviously, things can happen down the line, but I think if they had their way, that's probably the way they would line up. And then, you know, the good thing about it is if you did have to switch catchers, you know, I mean, they could they could DH uh, Darnoa in the playoffs if they wanted to keep his bat in there. But uh, you're right. I mean, coming into the season, I mean, I thought the catcher situation was going to be in a lot better shape than what we had, uh, obviously, last year. But, you know, I don't think anybody could have seen uh, the impact that Contreras has had and then the good numbers that Darno's put up as well. You know, for all the rookies and everything, you know, the Grissom and Harris and Strider, is Contreras really the unsung hero for this team this year? I mean, is he – look, he kind of came in at a time where they needed some punch and he provided it. But, you know, the rookies have been so good. But I don't 
I don't want to diminish what Contreras has meant to this team in lineup. He's won them a number of games, especially during some times when they weren't on this, you know, roll of just steamrolling through everybody. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's definitely one of the unsung heroes on this uh, team. And, you know, not enough people – I don't think enough people are really talking about it. I mean, you know, he's really – he's hit – he's hit – made so many improvements behind the plate as well. But, you know, the way that bat's played, um, you know, again, I mean, that's – I think if you had to sit down and write down, uh, you know, the biggest surprises of the season, obviously Michael Harris – uh, Von Grissom, Spencer Strider would be right up there, but you know I think I think you can make the case that Contreras is, has meant just as much, especially you know when they go out and sign a veteran like Manny Pena. You know you really wasn't expecting a huge contribution from Contreras at this point, but you know Pena got hurt, Contreras stepped right in, and you know way they went. Is it pretty much guaranteed now? Marcelo Zuna is not going to be on the playoff roster. <laughs> I I mean. You would think. I, I mean, I, I guess it depends on just how they want him to line it up. But I mean, you've seen, you know. And the thing is, he has hit the ball a little bit better yeah, he's of had late. A, a decent uh, September, but, actually. Yeah, and you know, and I mean, I've seen. You know, he's hit the ball a little bit better against uh, against left-handed pitching. I'm not ready to just uh, take him off the out of the playoff roster picture yet, just because I don't know how they'll go. But. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked about his role a lot, and it just seems like with Cunha's back out, back out in right field, you know, that knocks him down a peg because they really want Contreras' bat in the lineup. Talking to Chris Willis from BatteryPower.com as we talk some Braves baseball with him. Chris, um, this Dansby thing is going to be fascinating the offseason if we, if we kind of fast-forward a, a little bit. I'm not sure that there's – you know, obviously Aaron Judge with the season he's had has probably done better for himself than anybody in Major League Baseball. But there ain't very many guys who've done better than Dansby Swanson. Is this going to be the ultimate, you know, how how persuasive is Alex Anthopoulos? Because there's no reason Dansby on the open marketplace isn't a 20-plus million dollar player this year. 25 homers, 20 steals, you know, probably close to 100 RBI. I mean, He's got all these things, and, and I think he's going to win the gold glove. Just all these things that line up that, that teams are going to salivate over when it comes to, you know, making that offer to him. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you couldn't have asked for a better walk season than what he's put together. You know, he got off to slow start those first couple of weeks. But, I mean, you know, he's pretty much been consistent, uh, you know, throughout and kind of been – the. You know, he took that second spot in the order and, uh, you know, he's come up with big hits. I mean, he hit the home run uh, Tuesday night to, to win that game. So it is, it is going to be a fascinating offseason. And, I mean, um, I agree with you. I think he's I think he's a 20-minute uh, per-season player. You know, and I don't think enough people are talking about his defense, uh, too. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you go a little deeper. You know, he's with, with uh, Freddie Freeman gone now. You know, he's one of the leaders in that locker room. So, you know, it is going to be interesting, and it's going to be, you know, I expect him to expect him to uh, uh, test the market, see what his value is. But, you know, I think uh, I think he's very valuable to the Braves too, because I mean, if they don't if they don't bring him back, then you know, you've got a huge hole there that you got to fill. Check out all of his work at BatteryPower.com. We obviously know we're going to get postseason baseball, so check out all the uh, action there at BatteryPower.com. Also, follow him on Twitter. A lot of great information there, at Chris underscore Willis, and he joined us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Chris, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. We will chat here soon as, uh, man, we're literally barely over two hands of games that we have left before the postseason is here. 
Yeah, it's always fun. I appreciate you having me. You got it. John Chuckery will be back. Sports Radio 92 and the game and the Odyssey.com app. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. More John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios, Wednesday night with you, 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app. That's how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929thegame, at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Uh, where is this at? Let's see here. What do we got here? Uh, week two's in the books. Peachtree Football is your podcast. Bo Morgan and <laughs> Bo Morgan and sometimes producer Dylan Matthews. They bring you uh, what went right, what went wrong. Peachtree Football is for free on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast from. So if he's not producing, he'll certainly show up for his podcast. We don't know if he'll produce or not. But he'll be there for the podcast. Hey, whenever I'm scheduled to produce the John Chuckery show, I show up. Yep. Point blank I, period. I, I understand. I understand. Now, the how many days that is, yes, I, I'm, exactly. that's out of my control. Yes. You know? We, we, but I show up when I'm supposed to. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get one of those wheels that you can spin, <laughs> and we're going to put <laughs> pictures of all the producers on there, yeah. and we're going to spin the wheel and see who shows up for that day. That's, <laughs> okay. that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, again, Braves took it on the chin earlier today, but the good news was the Mets got clobbered today, six to nothing. Top of the hour, too. We're going to talk to uh, Josh Alper from ProFootballTalk.com as uh, Falcons get ready for game number three in uh, in Seattle. Um, you know, here's the thing: if if the Falcons don't win on Sunday, and and I don't like playing the you know, go game by game with the schedule and stuff like that. But Cleveland at home, they won't be favored there. At Tampa Bay, home with San Francisco. At Cincinnati, I know the Bengals are 0-2, but they are still the defending, you know, Super Bowl runner-up. You could be looking at potentially Halloween weekend, the 30th against Carolina. When you're when you're home with Carolina on Sunday, October 30th, because Cleveland, Tampa, Frisco, and Cincinnati, none of those games are going to be easy. And let's let's be honest, every one of those teams, all four of those teams, are more talented than the Atlanta Falcons. 
from a talent perspective, they're all more talented than the Atlanta Falcons. So if not Sunday, then when? And can I tell you, you can sell me on this season's not about wins and losses. If you're 0-7 to start the season, there ain't nothing exciting about that. I, you ain't fooling anybody at that point. Now, look, that may put you in line for a top three draft pick. And can I tell you, I'll say it again. I said it when we ran it as a promo. If they are top three, you draft Young or Stroud, whatever one is still there, wherever you're at, one, two, three. You draft Young or Stroud. I I love Desmond Ritter. I'm going for two of the most talented quarterbacks I've seen and two outstanding players, two game-changing caliber players. I'm still drafting quarterback. But do you know how much that would suck if they don't win on Sunday and we're talking about week eight before we play in a realistic game that we match up and can win? Look, I understand upsets happen all the time in the NFL. They may beat San Francisco here, but that'd be a complete upset. If they lose on Sunday, beating the Browns, Buccaneers, 49ers, or Cincinnati would all be upsets. Because I don't think Cincinnati is going to be 0-6 when they line up against the Falcons. But I do think the Cincinnati Bengals are in trouble of not making the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be entirely bad, like two win bad. They may be seven or eight win bad. So that's why, look, if you're not a fan, I understand it's easy to talk about not winning games, right? But if you are a fan of the team like I am, and I like the Falcons and I root for the Falcons and that's my team, I don't want to sit through an 0-7 start. I don't want to sit through all that garbage. Because there's nothing worse than having a bad, and, and I learned this from Randy Mack, there's nothing worse than having a bad NFL team. Having a bad NFL team, nothing feels good about all that. And, and there aren't a million wins to be had on the schedule where we can go out and out talent some people. You do feel good about, you know, I feel good about we can beat Seattle. You know, so far they haven't shown a lot of offense. They run the football decently, but they don't pass it very well. They're not a good offensive team. They don't score a whole lot. You know, there are things and reasons to like the Falcons on Sunday. Look, there's no travel involved. There's no acclimating to the weather. There's no acclimating to the climate. There's no body clock issue. You've been out there for over a week now because, remember, you played the Rams last weekend, so you were out there last weekend too. So you've been out there over a week. So there's none of that to have to fight through that you normally on a Sunday game at 1 o'clock or whatever, you know, 1 o'clock their time that you have to adjust. No, they've been out there all week. And they set it up this way. And I got no issue with that. I, I think it's smart to – if, you, if you've gotten multiple West Coast road trips, put them together and do them early in the season. I think they were smart with how they schedule this. Second and third week, do them back-to-back, stay out there and get that crap out of the way, and then we get home. And then, let's face it, you know, two at home, two on the road over your next four, 
before you get a couple of back-to-back at home. You get your only back-to—well, I take that back. You get you have you have one more back-to-back at home uh, during the season, and that's going to be Arizona and Tampa Bay at the very end of the season. I like how they put Tampa Bay with a TBD determined because I don't think that's a matter of the Falcons being to be determined, you know, whatever. That's that's if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, you know, 14-2 and two at that point, and, you know, we're going to put them on prime time with Brady and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so if not now, when? That's the that's my thing. I don't want to sit through 0-7. If you're a fan, you don't want that either. Being bad is one thing. Being being just pawn scum is another. Being a dirtbag franchise, because 0-7 puts you in dirtbag franchise territory. That's where that puts you. And remember, I and I, I I think I talked about, I can't remember. I got another thing I do where I talk stuff and I talk here and all that. Remember when the Lions went 0-16? They went through a stretch around that period and after four coaches in five years. The Browns, when they remember when the Browns went 0-16? They went through that stretch, and to get it on track, it was four coaches in four years. You don't want to get into all of that Michigas. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right, speaking of Michigas, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, I, I know there's going to be probably conspiracy theory and all this kind of stuff. So you saw that the NFL had to warn Bruce Arians over the weekend for his... Now, Dylan, is Bruce Arians coaching the Buccaneers still? He was not, to okay. my knowledge, Is no. he an assistant? No. Okay. Um, is he the owner? No. Okay. So he was warned about his conduct on the sidelines on Sunday. Telling him uh, the NFL, supposedly telling him future conduct will result in discipline for him and the club and this, that, and the other. So he, quote-unquote, works for the front office of the Buccaneers. Standing on the sidelines and yelling and fussing and, okay, became animated and, uh, okay. Um, Huh. But he's not coaching, right? He's got no input in the team or anything like that. Huh. Because he's been retired for what, like five years now? Is that am I right on that or is it is it what was he say say he's was he, he coaching just, last year? Say he just left the team earlier this year yeah, he under, just left the team under suspicious this year. circumstances because Tom Brady supposedly didn't want him as the head coach. Tom, say that. Tom Brady didn't want him as the head coach. Oh, okay. But he's not the head coach now, right? No, he's not. Okay. He's not a he's not a coach of any kind? Nope. Okay, and he's hanging out on the sidelines, fussing and all that kind of stuff. Has he ever coached in the NFL before? He has. Okay, you think he understands the protocol or the what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The procedures. Yeah. What what am I looking for? You know, basically, he knows what the conduct on the sidelines should be, right? Right. If you're not a coach. If you're not a coach, right? Exactly. Right. But he's not a coach, right? Uh, apparently not. Okay. Right. He's not supposed to be. Okay. All right. Okay. Can, can I tell you, you know, there's an old saying that if it smells like a mackerel, you got fish. 
<laughs> and I just made that up. So, I mean, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, guess what it probably is? It's a duck. Yeah. I don't know what exactly Bruce Arians is doing on the sidelines. And, you know, he's a consultant and a senior assistant and all that. Okay. He doesn't understand the conduct policy of being on the sidelines, huh? Never been on an NFL sideline. He said, uh, Todd Bowles, by the way, had to address this. Saying that, oh, yeah, normally he's upstairs, but this was one of those times when he was downstairs. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Usually we handle our sidelines pretty good. You're two weeks into the season and the guy's already getting a reprimand. How well are you handling your sidelines two weeks into the season? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everybody got irate. We got to have better composure on the sideline as players and coaches. He's not a player or coach, isn't he? I thought he wasn't. Yeah, you can't use that. He's, He's not a player or coach. They should have added consultants in there if they wanted to include Bruce Arians in that conversation. He's on the sideline bench area. Then he was standing on the white stripe reserved for officials, players, and coaches. But he ain't a coach, though, so he can't. He's oh, not he's not? Coach. Apparently, he's no. not. That's not what Tampa Bay told oh, us. Oh, okay. Okay. Tampa Bay's press release a couple months ago, you know. How long has he been retired? Like 10 years? Uh, probably about uh, two months. Oh. Um, what, what do you call something that walks like a duck and talks like a duck? I think you call it a duck. Okay. He's he's as much a consultant or whatever as I am for the Buccaneers. I'm not saying that Todd Bowles isn't coaching the team. I'm telling you Bruce Arians isn't not coaching the team. Right? Double negative. Todd Bowles may be the coach. Bruce Arians is not not the coach either. Something stinks about all of this. Because Bruce Arians, last I checked, has been around for a while. He knows the conduct policy. He understands everything. He knows what you can do and not do as a civilian on the sideline. Because that's what he is. Even though he's a consultant for the GM, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Even though he's all of that, he's still over there, I don't know, acting like... um, What's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a C and ends with an H. What's the word I'm looking for? Could it uh, possibly be coach? Coach, right, 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 right. But he's not. A, he's got nothing to do with it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's not a coach, though. But remember, the head coach is telling you that um, usually we handle our sidelines pretty good. Week two, the league's already reprimanding you. You know who handled their sidelines pretty good? The coach, you know, that coach that you have to go way back into, I don't know, spring of this year. Remember him? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's not the coach anymore because we want our quarterback back. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're trying to get our quarterback to get away from his wife for a few days. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This whole thing stinks. It's a farce. I tell you, it's a farce. I don't know what you want to call it all. I call it, how about this? Let's introduce another word. I'll give this to Hugh on Sunday. Folderol. That's what it is. Folderol. What does that mean? Look it up. Google it. Google your computer. Folderol. 
When we get back from the top of the hour, Josh Alper will join us from Pro Football Talk. Talk some NFL with him. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.